This episode is brought to you by Intelligent Change and their five-minute journal. I have been using the five-minute journal for, I think, I don't know, since 2019 maybe. I tell everybody about it. It's a great way to get your gratitude in, to reflect on your day. You do a couple minutes in the morning, maybe like two minutes, a couple minutes at night, maybe like two minutes. I think it actually maybe comes down to less than five minutes. But I actually keep my five-minute journal in the kitchen. So when I am like getting the girls' breakfast ready, then they start eating, I jot down my five minutes. Then after they go to bed, after I wash the dishes, I finish up my five-minute journal. I really love using it. I feel like it's helped me to kind of be on the lookout for more things to be grateful for. When we train our brain to look for things that we are grateful for, it'll start to do that. And I feel like since I started using the five-minute journal, I just have been a little happier, a little more joyful, a little lighter. And that's because gratitude really helps with that. And the five-minute journal process helps you to generate more gratitude. So you, there is a link in the show notes and you can use code MWELL10 to get 10% off of your own five-minute journal. They have all different colors. The front is this really beautiful gold writing on some of them, black on others, but I really do love this journal. Oh, one of my other favorite things about the journal is that it's not dated. So say you forget to do it a couple of days. That's okay. You can always come back to it. So head to the show notes, click the link, and you get uh, 10% off with code MWELL10. Hey, I'm Ashley Machado, a counselor and mental health consultant, and this is MWELL the podcast. This tool has been so helpful for me. I know you can do this. It's taken my business to the next level. Okay, let's do our breathing exercise. Getting an understanding from both perspectives. I'm happy we're here together. Hey everyone, and welcome to MWell. My name is Ashley Machado. I'm a counselor and mental health consultant. And today I've pulled my husband, Manny, off the ranch to talk through our three favorite mental health tools. We're going to do a little rapid fire at the end and then talk about why we're wanting to do this podcast. And then at the end of this episode and every episode, there is a breathing exercise. So be sure to stick around and I'm happy you're here. Welcome to MWell. We are just going to talk about our top mental health tools and then do a rapid fire um, at the end. My favorite one is deep breathing exercise. Um, it's researched in Stanford. It's called a cyclical breathing. I actually talked about it in my TED talk and it's a double inhale breathing exercise. You breathe in for four seconds and then you pause and you do a quick inhale, then you pause and then you do a long exhale through your mouth. And when you're inhaling, you always want to do it through your nose. And the research shows that this will lower your anxiety immediately and then if you do it regularly, it will lower your baseline of anxiety. And I do it pretty regularly. And the girls will be like, Mom, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, she's she's just doing her breathing. And then they'll walk away. But I find it really helpful. What is your – do you like that? Do you breathe? What's your – what's your – Um, you know what? Uh, We're different people. What is your – main mental health tools. Well, with the breathing thing, I'm still working on that because that works well for you, but I'm still trying to figure out how to make it work well for me. Did it take you time before it worked well for you? 
Um, I think, yeah, I had to get over like the in embarrassment or shame that like, oh, I'm feeling so anxious right now. I need to do a breathing exercise, but I'm just like, don't care anymore. And you can find me anywhere doing breathing exercises. Does it calm you down? Yes, immediately. Yeah. Literally, Stanford did the research and it shows. Right. I got to read that article. I'm still working on the breathing part of things. Okay. What is your, what is your main breathing or main mental health tool? Or how many do you have? I don't have a lot, but I think I have some, a few that work well for me personally. Okay. What are they? The first one is, is, is not overreacting to situations like, like when I was younger, when I was younger and something would happen, whether it's in work or in family stuff, relationship stuff, I feel like I'd always want to make a split second decision and just react to things and, and solve the problem or solve the issue immediately. But then I found out that once I was more calm and in a better state of mind, I was able to make decisions better. So it took a while, but but now one thing I really work on is when something big happens, positive, negative, whatever it is, I just try to remove myself from the situation, step back, look at things, and then realize when I'm in a good state of mind and, and make a decision when I feel like the decision is going to be something that's going to be productive and accurate and something I'm not going to regret. How do you pause? Like, what are you doing in the pause moments? The pause moments, I think it's just first, step one is is realizing, hey, I'm not in a good thinking state of mind right now. Something has happened, whether, again, positive or negative. And just step one's realizing, like, hey, my brain's feeling, whether it's overwhelmed with emotions, whatever it is, right now is not the best time to make a decision about this situation. Uh-huh. And then... To remove myself, step two would be just after realizing it, just saying, I'm not going to make a decision. Maybe, maybe even setting a timer. I'm not going to make a decision on this. I'm going to table this for maybe an hour. I'm not even going to take any action on this for at least an hour. I'm just going to let this cook for a little bit. And that helps. That helps me because, I mean, one of my strengths is my emotion. I, I am passionate about things that I do. But since I am that way, when things happen things happen in a certain way and I'm not happy with it and I want to change it. I can't let my emotions make my decisions. I need to just separate myself from that just by, by just realizing, Hey, I'm feeling a certain way right now. I don't want to make a decision while I'm feeling this way. Let me just get back to my normal, normal flow of the day. And once I'm feeling a little bit better, let me think about this and then make a decision. And by doing that, I find that my decisions are more sound and I'm not regretting things as much. That's good. I can work on pausing. Pausing and not making a choice. I'm either like full steam ahead. This is the choice I'm making and there's no stopping me. Or I'm like paralyzed and have a hard time making a choice. I could do better about being on the in-between. My second uh, tool is exercise. I like grew up playing soccer until I was like 14 on a all boys team. Then when I turned 14, I had to decide like, oh, do I want to keep playing soccer? Do I want to do something else? And I had also already was playing water polo and swimming. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to drop soccer. I'm going to just swim and do water polo. And so I did that all the way through college. And I think that I always ran a little anxious, but I never knew because I was so active. Um, 
and like always had practice, always had swim meets, always had water polo tournaments. And then when college was over and water polo was done, um, I was still pretty active. So I didn't, wasn't necessarily really in tune that I was feeling anxious. But then when I was getting my master's and after we had kids, I like kind of like stopped working out and I experienced postpartum anxiety pretty bad. And I'm not saying I experienced postpartum anxiety because I was not working out. Rather, I just wasn't working out. And so I didn't have that tool to help when I was experiencing postpartum anxiety. And over the last year, well, actually like, yeah, the last year I've been really exercising. I walk, I lift weights and I just get this like high after I'm done exercising, when I'm done walking. I mean, the research shows you're just like pumped with endorphins, which I mean, give me all the endorphins I can get because they feel great. Um, And it just helps me be clear in my mind. I think that I get good ideas when I'm exercising, like, you know, when I'm lifting or walking, like, work ideas come to me or I think about things in our relationship or with the kids and I get ideas and you're just not distracted by phone or whatever else is going on. So yeah, I think exercising is my next tool. Yeah. Yeah. You've been getting after it lately. Was it hard to get a, get a rhythm for that? I mean, cause a lot of people will start exercising or start something, do it hardcore for like a couple of weeks and then Stop doing it, but you've been doing it for a while. How do you keep doing that? Um, well, I'm thankful that I was always active as a kid because once I got back into it, I remembered how good it felt, so it was easy to keep doing it, um, but I had to figure out when I could do it. I always kind of wanted, like I like working out in the early afternoon, and so when I started working out, I thought, oh, I'm going to do early afternoon workouts, but then I could never finish them or I couldn't do them because I had to go pick the girls up from school. And so then I was like, okay, when am I going to work out? I have to work out in the morning. So then I started working out in the morning, but I was still going to bed late. And so then I wasn't getting up to do my workouts. So then I had to adjust my sleep schedule. And now I wake up at 530 every morning and I do a walk as soon as I get up. Yeah. So, I mean, it takes time. Like, it wasn't like I knew that it was something I wanted to incorporate in my life because it, I knew I would feel better. And so I had to kind of navigate what that would look like. And was I getting up every day or exercising every day? No, but I knew it was something that was important to me. So I was like trying different ways to figure out how to incorporate it in my life. Yeah. Yeah. You've been doing a good job of it, too. Thanks. Babe. Yeah, for sure. And that's my number two mental health tool as well as is exercise. That's made such a big difference for me. I mean, like, like work is takes up a lot of the time as it is. Then you add kids onto it, and it's tough to find any time for yourself. So, so just everything that comes with it, exercise has made a world of difference for me. So that what that looks like to me is is just waking up before work. I have to do it. For me, I have to do it before work because I'm getting calls, texts all day long. And my time is kind of that morning time before everybody's up. I like to wake up between 4.30, 5 o'clock. 
and then just get my get my heart rate up, just get my blood pumping, do a little run, do some lifting here and there. I keep it short, 30, 30 minutes, typically 30, 35 minutes. And then, but that's my time. It's just quiet. I'm doing everything. I'm not getting calls, not getting texts. I can really find my center for the day, think about the day, kind of anticipate what's going to come to me and how I'm going to, how I'm going to handle it and be ready for any changes. And one thing that's tough about it is, is I know when I wake up and I don't want to get out of bed, 100% of the time where I, where I said, I'm just going to keep laying down and then just wake up and go to work. 100% of the time I've regretted it. The hardest part for me is just getting up, getting started. That's the most difficult thing, but I've never regretted it. It, it changes my day totally, totally different mood, everything. Just getting that workout in. What time do you set your alarm? Are you really setting your alarm for 4.30? Yeah, it's set for 4.30. Are you sleeping? <laughs> Clearly. <Yeah. laughs> and you wake up at 4.30. When do you start your workout? No later than 5.04. Oh, interesting. I'm still snoozing. And, and what's crazy, too, is like waking up earlier like that, and getting the workout in, I have more energy throughout the day as opposed to sleeping in for that 30 minutes and then not working out. That, I'm, that's when I find myself lethargic and definitely not near as energetic. Oh, I agree. Like on the days that I sleep in until, I don't know, two minutes before the girls are getting up, I am not as energized as the days that I'm walking before they're up. Definitely. Yeah, big difference. I mean, mentally that helps me. Clear mind. Prepare for the day, ready to go. My next tool is going to be answering the question, what else do I know to be true? This comes like helps challenge your thoughts. So say I am just having like a not great week. Like maybe I forgot the girl's snacks or I'm late or I didn't get some work stuff done or and the house is a mess. Like if I'm being hard on myself, I could ask myself, what else do I know to be true? And then you just kind of like think the opposite, like, and you find the proof and like, what else is true? Like, yeah, it's true. I forgot the snack. Yeah, it's true. The house looks like a mess. Yeah, it's true that I didn't finish this thing for work, but what else is true? What else is true is like, you know, for the most, like every other day I've provided a snack, all the other work tasks I've gotten done. I try my best to keep the house clean. You know, like there are all these things that I'm also doing. It's not just, you know, the things where my brain is like trying to convince me that I've failed at. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's one thing I've learned from being married to you as far as a mental health background too. It's like, is this related to that? The, the, what else is, what else do I know to be true is like, like the part of like labeling. I feel like too often we like label ourselves, you know? Mm. Like if we do something that's not good, if we, if I forget the girls' lunches for school or if I forget their snacks and then they're upset about it and it affects their day and then I'm feeling pretty bummed about it, like I'm feeling like a bad dad at the time, I feel like a lot of people and definitely me before we got married and were dating, just labels, you know, label like, oh, I'm a bad dad, I forgot lunch, you know, but, but that's where I've learned to just focus through you, just learn to focus on the positive, on the positive stuff. Like one error, one mistake doesn't create a label for you. You got to focus on all the other things you've done correctly and, and then send that energy out there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that that question definitely helps challenge like the labels that we put on ourselves because, I mean, our brain, what it wants to do is convince us and prove to us of a thought that we already have. So if someone has labeled themselves as, quote unquote, a bad dad, your brain is going to go out and look for ways to find and prove to you that's true. But when you ask yourself, what else do I know to be true? Then you're really challenging that thought and like, okay, well, what else is also true? Oh, well, my kids love playing with me. I take them out to the ranch. I, you know, I do all these other things just because I made a mistake one time that doesn't make me a bad dad. There's like so much that's entailed in fatherhood. So I think that using this to help challenge labels, whatever the label is, this is, that would be a great tool. Yeah. It's definitely helped me. Yeah. That's been something good to learn. Yeah. So these are our, I just wanted us to talk about like our top three tools just as part of our intro. Um, and then thought that we would show a little bit of our fun side and do a rapid fire. What do you think? Yeah. Fire away. What's the first one? Okay. Cocktail of choice. Oh, we got to narrow it down to one. I think that's going to change by the day, but today I'll go with an espresso martini. Do you like the creamy one or the not creamy one? I just tried the creamy one at a restaurant two weeks ago. Mm. So that's new to me, fresh. So I'm going to go with the creamy one. That was good. Yeah, that yours had Bailey's in it? Or was it Kahlua? I don't know what they put in it, but it was good. <laughs> I'm just going to ask for them creamy and hope they know what they're doing. <laughs> I feel like that's a weird word. Um, mine is going to be, my go-to is always a tequila water with two lemons and two limes. Like, I love anything tequila. Um, but like a year ago, I had a strawberry basil gimlet at a restaurant, and I think about it often. Yeah, I remember that. That was good. It was fresh. Yeah, but I haven't really seen it on any menu since, and they took it off their menu, which is pretty upsetting, but it's fine. Okay, uh, next song you can listen to over and over again. Oh, man. we got to narrow it down to one again. Well, late, what have we been watching lately? Big Little Lies? Yeah. That soundtrack's good. I'm going to go with the intro to that to that show. That was solid. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did a bad job. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, my, any song I can listen to over and over again, anything Fleetwood Mac. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would want to see them in concert. That would Me be fun. Too. Uh, yeah. Uh, I want to see them in concert. I just wish it was like in the 80s or the 90s where we just like had our waving a bandana in there. Da-na. Yeah. We you can know? do that. That can be us now. They're playing in the city on my birthday. Yeah. All right. I'll buy the tickets. We're going to be in, we're going to be somewhere. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, okay. Favorite book? Favorite book. Lately I've been in audiobooks big time. Dean Koontz writes fiction books, like kind of like thrillers, like sci-fi stuff. So anything Dean Koontz right now, I like to listen to that because it gets my brain off of like serious stuff and I can kind of drift away for a little bit. Don't lie. You're always reading finance books. I like those too. Yeah. Yeah. Not as much as Dean Koontz. Sometimes. <laughs> okay. I don't know who he is, but I'll have to look into his books. Um, my uh, Harry Potter, 
like no doubt they're on the top shelf in my bookshelf mm -hmm. because they're the most important books in my bookshelf. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I was a kid, I read those too. It was tough no, to put those down. You did not. You read the yeah, three of I, them. I read the first three and watched the movies for the other ones. I read all of them, yes. okay? I'm dedicated. Yes. And I've read them all a couple of times. I don't know if, like, yeah, maybe it's fine. I got to reread those. Okay, um, TV show you'd binge again? Game of Thrones. I'm ready to watch that a second time. We only watched it once, right? I think. I can't remember. The first couple of seasons I found boring. Except for I was so devastated when, spoiler alert. I mean, but it's been years, so if you haven't watched it, it's not a spoiler alert. Ned Stark was... Yeah. A lot of people oh, die so in that show. Devastated. Yeah, you never knew to expect. Um, okay, TV show I'd binge again is um okay, well I've seen Friday Night Lights and Gossip Girl a bunch of times and I'd probably like if it's on, I'll watch it for sure. Love them. Um, but I really liked the shrinking that we just watched on Apple TV in the spring. Do you remember oh, yeah, that? Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, there were some really laugh out loud parts in there. Who <laughs> said yeah. Okay. And um, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso's good, too. Yeah, Ted Lasso. Friday Night Lights. Oh, and similar. For, I liked Outer Banks. Outer Banks was good. That makes you feel like a kid again. All <laughs> day adventure, treasure hunting. Let's go find treasure. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Okay. I wanted to do this part. I've been wanting... Well, I talk about this in the next episode. I've been wanting to do this podcast for a while. I just think as an industry, we have gotten really far and we do a lot and we're really stoic people. And I think like we often push feelings and different things aside so that the work can get done because it has to get done. Um, but I think that that can really hold us back in terms of like when we push things aside. So I always wondered like, where would the ag industry be if we really took care of our mental health and made it a priority? And where would we be if like, we really knew and internalized different, really easy and tangible tools in our mental health toolbox. And like, if something's hard, instead of pushing it aside, we could either deal with it right away, or we could put it away and then bring it back out and deal with it when it was appropriate. And I just, I mean, that's what my TED talk was based off. Where would you or your business be if you took care of your mental health or you had these three tools in your mental health toolbox? I don't know. I just, something I think about often. So that is why I started it just to bring tangible tools, mental health tools, like relatable tools. Yeah. I mean, and it's super important. Some of this stuff is taboo and it's tough to talk about or uncomfortable to talk about, but it definitely makes a difference just opening the box to all these things and making it easier and more comfortable to talk about. It makes a big difference. It makes a big difference in your ability to, to tackle hard things and do hard things throughout the day. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Have a good rest of the day, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone. 
If this podcast helped you or anyone you know in any way, it would mean so much to us if you could follow or subscribe to the MWell podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can do that by going to the main page of the podcast and hitting the plus or follow button. You could also leave a five-star review if you wanted, or even share this episode with a friend. It would really mean so much to us. Also, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. I'm happy we're here together. Let's do our breathing exercise. If you're driving, you can do this with your eyes open, hand on the steering wheel, or pull over. If you're not driving, you can close your eyes and put your hand on your heart. Now breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. And repeat after me. I am brave. I am strong. I am kind, I am smart, I am beautiful, I can do hard things. Now breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth.